Welcome to Stories That Stick, a podcast series about the stories that shape us. You're not a gangster. You may be around it, but you can be respected without doing those things. Hey guys, it's Ade here, your host for Stories That Stick. In today's episode, we have Temi Alchemy from the 90s Baby Show, which originally started as a podcast, but is now more widely known as a YouTube channel. Listeners, please know that we always start our conversations talking about death. So if you are triggered by this topic, then please fast forward to approximately the three minute mark. And as always, if you do like this episode, don't forget to review and rate us because it really does help. The way I always start my conversations with all my guests is dark. Basically, no, I, li- I like it. I love it. Yeah, we talk about death. Yeah. How do you feel about death? I think death is, um, I don't want to sound like Thanos, but it's positive, isn't it? It's, it's balance. Yeah, it has to be a time where you come. There has to be a time where you go. And I feel like death is necessary, but it also kind of gives meaning to life. Okay. It kind of allows you to live knowing that, oh, well, it's not going to be forever. So let me do as much as I can, or at least give you a kick up the bum. Like this ain't going to last, bro. You better do something meaningful whilst you're here. You better leave something or you better do something which you're proud of. I know we're talking abstract, but do you have death in your psyche or your consciousness regularly? Um, I would say it's in the back. I don't consciously think of it, but I do understand that. I need to do some things before I leave this place. Before God takes me out or before I'm out of here, I need to have done some stuff. Like, Yeah, like? I don't know. Like, I would need to make sure that my influence is spread whether it be through the podcast, whether it be through me having loads of experience and, and teaching others. So it might not be on a world scale, but I just need to make sure I've, I've dropped some gems here for people to say, oh, before he left, he did this. Well, let's get into your first chapter. First chapter. Zero to ten. Damn, zero to ten. What was life like? I was born in St. Thomas's Hospital, Westminster, because I'm literally in Kennington, which is just down the road, basically. So that's where I was born. And I've always lived in that area. I think I moved once, but it was literally down the road. The council was very nice those days. They didn't just, <laughs> gentrification hadn't hit yet. You didn't just get moved out to Ken or into Robber Hive, like nothing crazy like that. Like um, you would just be like moved maybe down the road. So um we moved down the road and i've been there since i've never even had experience of moving who's we my mum my dad and my brother and sister so i've got two siblings and i'm the youngest talk to me about you know fond memories (laughs) i always remember wanting to sleep over at my friend's house and you know nigerians are with that (laughs) they're not with that at all if you want to go to a party, where's the invite? Who is it? Let me see if they're from a good home. And I respect it now because as we get older, I understand it. But that was how it was. And I, I remember there was one time where I wanted to sleep over at my friend's house. This is my guy, man. We've been rocking since nursery. So I'm there chilling at the house. And I'm like, you know what? This is lit. He's like, yeah, you should stay over. My mum's cool with it. His mum was so cool. His mum was on night shifts and stuff. So his mum was like, yeah, you guys stay. Obviously, he needs company. So I was like, I'm just going to leave a voicemail and just tell my mum I'm sleeping over. <laughs> so I'm there. I've already called and I've left the voicemail like, yeah, mum, by the way, I'm, I'm staying at, let's just say Michael's to that. And um, 
obviously I haven't got nothing back. It's not like I've got a mobile. I've just left the voicemail and said, cool, I'm staying. And then I got like a, I got like a call from his mum saying, your dad's downstairs right now. <laughs> your dad's downstairs. I was like, why is he downstairs for? He was pissed. He's like, what do you mean you're leaving the boy? He's like, come on now. I was like, oh man. I just wanted to stay over with my friends. That was like the best thing, sleeping over. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's funny. But there are certain stories that do stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned we're going on a bear hunt. That was cold. That was the coldest song ever in primary school. That was so sick. And the reason why, like, when you asked me, I was like, what is something that stood out? Because well, I don't remember being told stories that stood out too much, like Goldilocks or whatever, like, bears eating. What are you doing as a girl chilling around these bears? Like, you know what I'm saying? But that one, I looked at the story and I was like, that was almost teaching you about, like, persevering. Going on a bear hunt, I don't know why they hunt. Uh, this is on, Talk to us. Are we breaking it, that? It's not something down? that Nigerians or black people do. We don't go hunting bears. We don't go and do that. But when I looked at the lyrics, because I had to look back at it, I was like, this is an interesting story. They're going somewhere. And upon that path of going somewhere, they have obstacles, which is life. They see weeds and then they have to think, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. We have to go through it. Okay, cool, you've gone through the weeds. The next thing you know, they get to a river. And it's like, we can't go over it, we can't go around it, we have to swim through it. That's the part where you lose me, because I don't swim. You always are going against obstacles. There's always something there that's blocking you. Mm. And you have to figure a way around it. I can't remember what happened in the end. I was going to say, did they catch the bill? I can't remember, I can't even remember, but I feel like they did get there. I feel like they did get there. If they didn't, then hey, it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swear that they didn't. That's where I the think, death comes into I it. Think, yeah, I think they actually saw the bear, right? And they were like... Oh, yeah, and he's raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he like raw at the end yeah. and they ran off? And they ran and they went back. But it's a big life lesson. And that stuck with you when you were a child. Yeah, that has stuck with me. When you asked me that question, I was like, what do I actually remember? I I'm not going to lie and say, oh, yeah, I remember this. Nah, I don't. But I remember that song. And when I look at it now, that is, that is forever green. There's obstacles in life. What are you going to do when you're faced with it? Well, I think we often know then that actually our biggest obstacles tend to be going into our teenage years and adulting because adulting is hard. Yeah. So man. let's go into your next chapter. Yeah. 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 Okay. Age 11 to 20. 11 to 20, that is when, um, you know, in secondary school, you meet some of your real good friends there and, you know, you lose your virginity. Well, I don't know for everyone, but <laughs> I lost my virginity. And so, like, it was a time of really finding yourself. So I would say that's when I realised, OK, this is you. You don't want to do bad things to people. You're not a killer. You're not a murderer. You're not a gangster. You're not anyone that's on roads. You may be around it, but you don't have to do it. You can be respected without doing those things. To a point where when there was something kicking off, I've had people say, don't get involved. You don't get involved. Not to say, oh, I wanted to get involved because secretly I was like, I don't want to get involved anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was good to have people like that that kind of saw who I am. And I had a really good teacher. I don't know if you're going to get into teachers. We are going to get into teachers. My man knows the outline oh, of this. I've been, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I listen. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate um, it. Teachers are important because they definitely so are one of the people who actually guide us and show us That's our why potential. That's why it's important that they actually care. 
I had um, a teacher called Mr. Dooley. He was very instrumental in making me realize my potential because he was like the first teacher to be like, you're smart, but you're wasting your time talking. And this is my issue through education. I would be talking and talking and talking whilst I've got a tutor at home. He got to a point where he was like, okay, now you've gone from wasting your time and wasting everyone else's to only wasting everyone else's, but you know you're going home to a tutor. And he was like, stop doing that. That's not fair on them. So then he made a whole section for me in the class where I was in the second to last set, but I was doing higher work and I was literally just in a corner and he sectioned me off. I'm only thinking of it now. I remember him fully having like what you see in the staff room, like dividers with the with the sort of mesh on it, you know, where you can pin stuff. (laughs) And he just got two of them and just sectioned me off. And and that helped me. That was instrumental, man. And that gave me a lot of confidence. Honey trap. Talk to me. What's what's honey trap? Um, So honey trap, the, the concept of that is a girl setting you up. So I remember it was actually my mum. One day I just came back from school. Around that age of maybe, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, your parents kind of know you're talking to girls. Their way of showing me to be careful was to show me the story of Shaquille. Next tonight, it became known as the Honey Trap murder after a teenager from Deptford was led to his death by his girlfriend in 2008. He, I believe he was just with his friends. I, I'm not going to say oh, he, was a, he was in a gang or anything, but he was with his friends. Met a girl, they had a relationship, he had an issue with a guy, the guy knew the girl, and the girl set him up. And he was stabbed to death, and I remember the person twisted the blade. That stuck with me, because I was like, wow, there's people out there that really want to kill you, and it could be over a girl. It made me look at girls very different, and maybe just kind of slowed me down a bit, like, oh, actually, assess character you might be going for the honey and you could get trapped. I hear that. So you're starting to form yourself as this young man in which we are seeing in this latter part of your chapter. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go into it, yeah? Yeah, You yeah, ready yeah. for that? Yeah, let's go. All right, chapter three. Now you're at uni? Yes, uni. So that would be, yeah, 2021. I'm in second year, going to third year. What's going on? What was going on in Temi's life? Uh, man, that was that was a lot of growth, man. Uni was a real time of like independence. I was always under my mum and dad's roof. So uni was really a chance to get out there and explore that, you know, uh, not just your friendship groups that you got from primary school, secondary school and college. Now there's a whole new world in Kent. So I'm in University of Kent. And then I got a chance to realise black people are the minority in this country. <laughs> I thought we was, I thought we, I thought we was rolling deep, man. <laughs> I really thought there was loads of us. Look at Peckham, look at Brixton, look at whatever. And then you get out there and you're like the only black person walking through the town. And you're like, whoa, if there was to be some sort of racist attack right now, I'd be in trouble. I'm not saying I experienced that, but you start to see how it can happen. So university was a time of definitely like growing, understanding who I am as a young man, understanding how to pay bills. Like my first experience in uni, I remember my brother dropped me off and he was like, oh, cool, let's go do some shopping. I'll pay for you. And I was like, yeah, let me get that loaf of bread. Let me get that milk. I've got like a whole loaf of bread and like a pint of milk for myself. Because I'm so used to that being in the house and that going within a few days. But when it's just you, that's going off. So the milk went off, the bread went off. And I'm like, 
what? I'm like, how? I, I thought I drink milk. I thought I do cereal. I thought I eat bread all the time. You realize you only might do it once or twice, but that really showed me. Oh, you're by yourself now, so you need to fend for yourself now. Then came out of uni, and it was very much like, oh right, you're in the world now. So am I going to be out here trying to apply to be a sports therapist? And I think I saw that the woman in Chelsea was getting paid like 55k. And at that time, I'm like, yeah, that looks nice. But what's the odds of me working for Chelsea or working in one of these football teams? I did a placement year at Dulwich Hamlets. And I was like, this is probably the level that a lot of sports therapists will be working at. Is this going to be paying me? Because I've got visions of being very, very wealthy. And... In fact, my hands are hurting from all this massaging. Like, hold on, my hands are hurting. This is long. And I was like, I'm not doing it. But um, yeah, so so it came out. I didn't apply for anything. First job I got, I think it was House of Fraser. One of my friends was working there. Um, like a retail job? Yeah, retail job. Yeah, so I just kind of was just there. It was a time of really trying to find myself and thinking, all right, my future, I don't know what the future looks like, but... I know I need to do something I'm passionate about. I know I'm not going to be in retail forever. I know I'm going to make some money, but it's not going to be in what I'm doing now. So find yourself. That's when things like The Secret, which I had watched, was something big for me. Yes. So just to, yeah. I guess, to expand on that, The Secret, for those of you who don't know, it's all about the power of your thoughts and, you know, 100%. manifestation and everything. So you watched at the time. I watched that. And people are using this to heal themselves. People are using it to get what they want. People are using it for little things like parking spaces. And then, you know, college, I learned about self-fulfilling prophecy. If you label it and, and you know, you act like it, you become it. So all of these kind of things I started to really internalise and start to take way more seriously. And yeah, the, the secret really did that for me. Let's not beat around the bush. You're not telling me because you work in the House of Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's you're true. Not. Very, very you know true. what I mean? You tell me alchemy from the 90s, baby. Yeah, best yeah. believe. Put some respect on that name. Yeah, 100%. Um, yes, please. So what was that, Lee? So um, to abridge that story. If that's possible. Um, so went to an estate agent after House of Fraser and then moved on to recruitment, which Fred referred me to because he was doing marketing there. We knew each other from secondary school. Now we're in the same place. We're talking way more. We're busting joke at lunch. And we were just like, we talk shit. Can I talk, bro? <laughs> but someone needs to hear this. Someone need, this needs to be recorded because this is hilarious. And I know not, we're not the only ones that think like this. And I think part of laws of attraction and having a vision is when I was young, I always got in trouble for talking. But my parents never thought, oh, let Let's see what we can do with that because clearly you're just not stimulated or clearly you need something to exercise that. You know, I did dance. I did all these kind of things. You did? Yeah, I f I'm sorry. I forgot that. I, I didn't mention that. No, yeah, I didn't mention that. I didn't mention that, did I? No, no. I, I tend to forget. No, it was about? just like street dancing, but I could pop and lock. Oh, I could do. I, oh, if you oh, showed me a move, I could oh, do yo, it. Yo, 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 <laughs> if you <laughs> see, showed off, if now, you geez, could watch a podcast, trust me, I'm dancing right now. Um, but yeah, like, so a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of it was to do with, oh, I want a way of expressing myself. I think it was just a want to express myself. So I dance, I joke, all that kind of stuff. And when I would watch TED Talks, TED Talks was a big thing as well. And I realised, nah, man, I want to be on the stage talking and being a motivational speaker. I want to be involved in public speaking because I've realised I'm very confident in it. So when we started to think of, oh, what can we do? And I was like, oh, we could do a podcast. And Fred was like, what's a podcast? And I was like, I don't really know, but I've watched it before. Ricky Gervais had one. 
And he was like, oh, we should call it Speaking From Experience. Nah, that ain't it, dog. And I was like, ah, shit. But what's something that we're always going to be for life? Nah, it's baby. baby. Many people chat shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you know? Mm-hmm. But you had this confidence, you, both of you, that you believe people wanted to hear it. Yes. We're talking shit, but I knew there's some intellect behind it and we can go that deep if we want to. 100%. And we're both not idiots. So we're just having a good time because we're on lunch. But if we used to say, oh, let's discuss this in more detail, we would actually look into it. The thing that we always want and we always say is jokes and jewels. People like Chris Rock are great comedians because they're able to really break something down that's very intellectual, make you laugh, but also teach you about something. So we was always like, that's the kind of thing that's important to the podcast. So every single time there's a podcast, you'll see there's jokes, but there's always gems in there uh, somewhere. A hundred percent. All I the mean, time. I'm going to put my hands up and say 90s Baby Show is categorically hands down one of my favorite podcasts, specifically that deals with pop culture. Yeah, thank you, you know? man. That means a lot. Not everyone mm-hmm. can do it. Nah, not everyone, nah. So how did you do it? I mean, what was your first steps knowing you know that? Okay, you know what? We can Fred, do it. We, can, we should do it. Yeah. Do you know, let's do this. What was... So we, yeah. we, at first we was looking for a handout. So we was like, there's radio stations. There's all these people that have studios. Let's go to them. So Radar Radio, we went to first through my friend Tyler and also Tom Mucci. They introduced us to Gavin and we got told no at Radar because we literally choked. I was looking at my phone when I was trying to talk to Fred, but the phone was locking and I didn't know my notes and we had never practiced it. So we wasn't polished at all. But he was like, "Mm, maybe we'll keep the door open, but it's a no for now. And we was like, he don't know what he's missing out on. Even though we know we choked, he's like, fuck that. We're not stopping because we want to do it. So then we had this software called Evaer, E-V-A-E-R, I think, and it was able to record Skype, but we didn't have the full version, of course, cutting corners, because yeah, yeah. we don't even know if this is going to work yet. I'm not going to buy the whole version. It's like buying something in the app store. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, so um, we got that and it basically it chopped up everything in five minutes. It only recorded in five minute chunks because it wasn't the full version. So then we had four or five minute chunks and put it out as our teasers. And that was 2014, December, 2015, January. It's crazy when I think about it. We was told no, man. What does success for you look like? What is it that we're hoping, you know, Temi Alchemy yeah. becomes? That is, um, that's a very good question. And as I get older, that question becomes more difficult because what I can say is life isn't linear. And that's something that I always follow by. Life is not linear. There's bumps, there's curves. There's also exponential growth, which you never, ever factor in. You can never plan exponential growth. For example, when the show went from 1K on YouTube to 10K, success at one point was, like, oh, let's get to 3K, 5K. And now we're on 10K. It's like, all right, well, I guess it changes. Success to me is a journey. It's not a destination. It's the journey. Otherwise, the destination gets there and you're like, cool, I might as well just fall over and die because I've done it. So as long as I'm spreading a positive message, as long as I'll become a great husband, a great family member and a father to kids, God willing, that's my successes that I need in terms of to the world, positive messages and being able to give others a platform. So I'd want it to be like a network. I'd want it to be like other people can spread their voice and 
I can put them on. I can give them certain links or I can put them in certain places and help their careers. I've always wanted to help. From sports therapy days, I wanted to help. So now that I've found what I want to do and now I'm active in the field, I want to build up all that knowledge and be able to help other people. And if I manage or if I consult and I get a percentage, that's fine. I hope that answered the question. We started a conversation about death. Yeah. Right? So if you can take anything materialistic within this world to wherever you believe, let's say there's heaven. Yeah. I don't know. What do you believe in? Just out of interest. Um, oh, man. I, I'm, I'm, let's say heaven. So what are you taking from earth to heaven? Oh, material-wise. Damn. That's a good one. Uh, God. You might have got me on that one, you know. You know what? You know what? I would take, I haven't got my wedding ring because I'm engaged, but I'll, I'll take the wedding ring. This one, I want my, my, my fiance to listen to this right now because she'll be happy. Um, my wedding ring or I'll take my watch. I'll take this watch because this was like one of the first things I achieved off the back of me watching like The Secret and Laws of Attraction. And yeah, you can do it. You can get things. Well, honestly, it's been a pleasure and hopefully we can get you in again, especially when man. you just keep on killing it and killing it. A hundred percent. But for those who don't know, how can they find you specifically and also the 90s baby show? So me personally, um, Temi Alchemy, so T-E-M-I-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y. Um, that's on all socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I don't even really use Facebook, but yeah, it's there. Um, <laughs> and then um, 90s Baby Show, that's what I would really want you guys to go because that's what that's the hub right there. So that's at 90s Baby Show or um, 90s Baby Show where you can find all podcasts. That's on YouTube, that's Twitter, Instagram, everything. So yes, please check out the stuff and big ups to Stories That Stick, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Stay tuned for another episode of Stories That Stick. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace. Today's episode was produced by Ade Bambala. Sound designed by Chris Arise. And if you'd like to be featured on Stories That Stick, then please do get in touch. <laughs>